weekly wine chat with Jack Farrell, brought to you by Hayout Schools. Good morning, Jack. Morning, Steve. How are you today? Oh, very good. Uh, rain on the way. Yeah. Well, today I thought I might talk about the American weed. American weed, you say. That's what they called Zinfandel for years. Zinfandel is a generally red wine, although today the popularity of white Zinfandel uh, can't be dismissed, and we'll talk about that in a minute, uh, because white Zinfandel was basically an accident. But anyhow, uh, Zinfandel, primarily red, it's a bold, fruit-flavored uh, wine that's very forward. It has jammy, uh, oaky notes in the finish, and uh, its primary flavor is berries, and it has medium tenacity and a good body and goes very, very nicely with barbecued foods. And Zinfandel is kind of a casual wine, in my opinion. Uh, I don't think you'd want to have a Zinfandel with a big formal dinner, but, I mean, that's a personal choice. But it's it's a wonderful casual wine to enjoy. It has a unique history, the American wheat. People never knew what it was, where it was from, etc. And they thought it just spontaneously grew in America. Well, with DNA testing and all that in the early 90s, they were able to establish that the wine came from the heel of Italy, and there it is called Primitivo. And the reason it's called Primitivo is it ripens early, and thus the name Primitivo. And further uh, work on the DNA of the thing discovered that originally it came from Croatia, and not only did it come from Croatia, but they found a winery that was from 4000 B.C., and they found some uh, dregs in the bottle of uh, these amphora, which are big clay urns that they made the wine in, 4,000 B.C., so that's 6,000 years ago. And guess what? The wine was Zinfandel, or what the Croatians call Trzinek or something like that. I can't quite pronounce it. But anyhow, so when we talk about Zinfandel, while it's a casual kind of fun wine, it certainly is one of the oldest wines known to people in the wine business because from 4,000 B.C. till today is over 6,000 years people have been enjoying Zinfandel. And the reason is it's a fairly hardy, easy-to-grow plant. It has thin skins. Uh, it has good alcohol. It made great raisins, uh, which is the reason it came to the United States in the 1820s. People were growing grapes in greenhouses and were looking for grapes that would make very good raisins. And Zinfandel, or Primitivo from Italy, made very nice raisins, and thus the popularity. And it went out to California, probably with the gold rush. And Hazartsky, who is the father of California wineries, uh, had Zinfandel vineyards. Today, Zinfandel in California is the fourth largest planted grape. We have first uh, Cabernet, and then Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, and then Zinfandel. And then what popularized Zinfandel, because uh, it was primarily a blending grape, was Sutter Home Winery. Bob Trinchero was making a wine that he called Eye of the Partridge, and he said that Eye of the Partridge in French. And when that went to, and like I said, it was an accident, 
He was making this wine and draining the wine off it, and he found out that the fermentation, the sugar was so high it stopped the fermentation, and they had this kind of rosé that was sort of a little on the sweet side, and uh, the winemaker thought it was delicious. So they were going to market it as Eye of the Partridge. Well, food and drug people said, no, you can't use foreign names on California or American wine. Uh, It has to be in English. So he said, well, we'll call it White Zinfandel. And, of course, it took off in this country like a rocket, and White Zinfandel became and is today counts for over 10% of all Zinfandel sales are White Zinfandel. And it's become a very, very popular much imitated wine that's sold in Australia and uh, South Africa, New Zealand, South, even South America. Uh, some of the places have a white Zinfandel uh, because of Bob Trinchero's mistake. And the wine has, has a life of its own, and people absolutely love white Zinfandel. And the good news there is, in my opinion, is it's caused red Zinfandel to become more popular. Red Zinfandel... It, can be made in so many different ways. The only, my only complaint about Zinfandel is that very often the really good ones are awfully high in alcohol, uh, over 14.5%, and that's pretty high for a table wine. And, and the Zin societies uh, became so popular in California to promote Zinfandel. Uh, we're always looking for these big blockbuster wines, and they were big, bold in my opinion, never ripening uh, wines that never, ever tempered down. And that's because of that high alcohol content. But better minds have prevailed. And today, uh, Zinfandel is a thoroughly agreeable wine. It's generally not very expensive. And it is so adaptable and goes with so many things. Uh, The foods that Zinfandel go with, if you're pairing it with meat, uh, pulled pork, lamb, grilled chicken, uh, even any charred fish uh, that you're having, a blackened fish, uh, a, a burger on the grill. Zinfandel comes very nicely and goes very nicely with that thing. With cheese pairings, you think of bold, sharp cheddar or, or a good smoked gouda, heavy smoked gouda. Boy, oh boy, a, a good... Zinfandel would be a perfect pairing with any of that. Of course, with vegetables, particularly if you're cooking fire-roasted peppers or caramelized onions, uh, Zinfandel goes very nicely with that. And it is very adaptable to spices, and particularly spices that are hard for other wines to go with, like curry or or Cajun uh, and, and the coffee flavor. Zinfandel seems to go so well you know, with coffee-flavored things. We did some uh, salmon that was uh, flavored with ground coffee, which I thought sounded horrible, but actually tasted pretty good. So Zinfandel fits all of those categories. And then, of course, white Zinfandel has become so popular as an aperitif, and some people just love it. And, and it was sort of keeping with that idea of uh, soft or sweeter Rosé wines like Matus and Lancers that were so popular 40, 50 years ago. Uh, White Zinfandel fits right into that category. Um, as I said, Amer- Zinfandel's been touted as an American wine, but its roots actually really go all the way back uh, to Croatia 
and then to the heel of Italy where it's called Primitivo. And today you can get uh, Primitivo. I'm surprised because of the popularity of Zinfandel in this country, Primitivo has developed a following here as well. And today Primitivo counts for about 10%, they figure, of people who like Zinfandel will buy Primitivo to try it. And uh, as I said, that name comes from early ripening, uh, Primitaccio. And anyhow, uh, the National Zinfandel Day is in November, but here we are in May and uh, going to have a, not a bad day today. wouldn't be a bad day to get out the old barbecue and maybe try a Zinfandel with that. Uh, the Zinfandel ripens so nicely, and it's such a great blending grape uh, that it, it was around as a, in California forever, and it was only marketed as Zinfandel uh, maybe in the late 50s when it first came about. And the reason was that uh, those Zinfandel, because of, they were good for raisins and that, the vines were kept in the ground. So in California, the oldest vines you'll find for grapes are Zinfandel, and they have vines that are over 100 years old. And, you know, when vines grow that old, uh, they produce less grapes, but the grapes they produce are incredibly good. And so California today uh, has about 20,000 maybe 25,000 acres of Zinfandel. Some of it uh, is in those very, very old vines, which make it even better. And Croatia doesn't even have 200 acres of what they call their version of Zinfandel, but it has a name, as I said, I find hard to uh, uh, pronounce. But uh, there are great areas that produce Zinfandel in California. Lodi, uh, the north coast, uh, are, are a couple. Russian River Valley is another one that they produce excellent Zinfandel. The Sierra Foothills. Uh, and, of course, if you get some Primitivo from Italy. But Zinfandel is one of those wonderful grape, uh, one of the most wonderful wines that appeal to everybody. Believe me, I can remember going to Zinfandel tasting out in California about 10 years ago, and I was so astonished. All that was there were Zinfandel producers, and there were probably a 100 of them. And you taste that wine, and you go around, taste those different wines. I didn't get around to all 100 of them, but say I got to 30. Uh, you can't imagine the variety of how they took one grape type and made it into different wines, well, one was almost like port to another one that was a very light aperitif. So Zinfandel's uh, variety is just incredible. And you can go around the whole country and try them. My favorite is one called Terrace, and it's a little on the expensive side. It's over $25 a bottle. But Terrace is, I, in my opinion, and this is a Zin produced in the Napa Valley, uh, was a, a one of the leaders in at least illuminating this individual's idea of what a Zinfandel could taste like. I always dismissed it a little bit like Fritzy Haskell's did as that American weed. And then uh, Terraces was introduced to me by Charlie Wagner, the guy that founded Kymus. His fishing buddy had a little strip of land in Napa, and he thought it might be suitable for growing Zinfandel. So Charlie encouraged him. 
Wayne was his name, encouraged Wayne to plant Zinfandel there, and he did, and the upshot was Terraces. What an eye-opener it was for this cowboy when I went to Terraces and for the first time tasted a Zinfandel that absolutely enthralled me. I thought, gee, this is wonderful table wine, blah, blah, blah. Anyhow, uh, that was my uh, aha moment with Zinfandel, and to this day, Terraces is one of my very favorite of all the Zinfandels. So if you're thinking today you'd like to maybe uh, get out and stoke that grill up, maybe just cook something simple like burgers or some cowboy steaks, uh, why not try a Zinfandel with it? And incidentally, uh, Zinfandel is such a wonderful varietal, I often suggest to people you put a little chill on it because Zinfandel can take a little chill and still give you a wonderful, flavorful experience. You know, you don't always have to have red wine almost warm. It should be a little room temperature, which in Europe, that room temperature is about 65 degrees for red wine. And Zinfandel is one of those ones you could have it at even 60 or 59 degrees because uh, it's an assertive wine and won't get overcome by being chilled. And, of course, uh, on a hot day, a little chilled with your wine, even though it's a red wine, uh, can be awfully good. Uh, so here's to the American weed, uh, Zinfandel, a wonderful wine that is often overlooked. And uh, like I say, it should be in everybody's repertoire because it's a good everyday wine and it's uh, so uh, agreeable with so many dishes. We've gone over all those, so I won't repeat them. But boy, oh boy, I'll tell you, if you're going to put something on the grill today, why not do yourself a favor and rediscover the American weed Zinfandel? And, of course, any of these Zinfandels you can pick up at my favorite place, Haskell's. Haskell's Windstorm Zinfandel, which is about $15 a bottle, is absolutely dynamite. You can pick that up. And, of course, during this endemic, uh, you can call ahead and they'll have it outside and put it in your car for you. There's a Haskell's near you where you can save big dollars on wine and tour the vineyards of the world. Haskell's in Bloomington, Excelsior. There's a Haskell's in Faribault right off of 35. Haskell's uh, huge uh, super seller up in Maple Grove is not to be missed. There's a Haskell's in downtown Minneapolis where there's free parking on Saturday and Sunday. Haskell's at Ridgedale. Plymouth, St. Paul's Highland Village, Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury. If you can't come into a Haskell's, go to Haskell's.com. And don't forget, Haskell's does deliver, and it will deliver right to your very doorstep, all perfectly done. So, thanks, Jack. To the folks at Haskell's. Thanks, Jack. Have a great day.